0: Citizens of the Verse, today is December 15th, 2950, and welcome to another episode of Readcast. We're a weekly Star Citizen podcast sponsored by the Reed organization. I'm your host, Way2Geeky, and I'm joined by my co-host, Nomad Pilot Extraordinaire Chekhov. Say hello, Chekhov. Hello, everyone. So we've got a great show in store for you, uh, so check those insurance prices. Uh, pray there's no 30Ks, and let's start the show. That is the new sound of the uh, um the I, I can't remember the name of it now, the the cannon on the Idris, in case anyone's wondering. Or one of the leaked sounds. Um, so tonight we have a special guest. You may recognize his voice from our Readcon episode, but this is his first time as a solo guest. So um welcome to the show, the new kid on the block, Talvo. Thanks for joining us tonight, Talvo. Um For all our listeners who haven't heard uh, your voice and about you on the previous episode, uh, tell us about yourself and what's your favorite in-game activity to do.
1: Uh, My in-game name is Tavo Kreis. I've been right around since day one for Star Citizen. And my favorite gaming activity still, uh, I'm really happy and excited about this patch is mining.
0: Oh, awesome. That's great. I, I haven't had a chance to do it yet, but I'm excited to see the new UI. Um, so, you know, I, I'm curious to know, as, as we always are, uh, and what we always talk about is, what's everybody been up to in this past week? Tavo, kick it off. What have you been doing?
1: I've um, been having a couple of problems getting into the PTU, um, but got back into it tonight, uh, just in time for the new patch to come through, but been testing all the features, the new uh, wonderful features that are going to be coming out in 3.12. I think it's my most excited patch in a very long time. Been uh, Yeah,
0: it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long time. Um, what about you, Chekhov? What have you been up to?
2: Uh, same. Uh, just uh, just got into PTU with a new patch, uh, just exploring, uh, uh, seeing... What uh, I guess we'll we'll get into it for science. Did a lot of uh, uh, tested some theories with Nomad and the Rock. I'll share with uh, my findings a little bit later on in the show. But uh, just uh, and trying to spawn Idris with No so we've tried that a little bit. Yeah, uh, uh. yeah, that was fun taking on uh, getting qualified as Guild gilded member. Uh, I forgot the name of the Guild. To be able to... The bounty hunter's kill? Yes, yes, that's the one. So that's pretty much it.
0: Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I actually was traveling over the weekend um, and wasn't playing. But once I got back, um, you know, I've been uh, playing in the PTU exclusively. Um, So that's been not as fun as I would have hoped because... I had a lot of challenges. We'll go into that deeper, but yeah, it's uh, definitely an interesting patch. It should be great once it's a little bit more polished, hopefully before the holidays, since they'll disappear for, you know, a few weeks. Um, So let's talk a little bit more about what's been going on in the verse. Uh, First and foremost, last week we had an interesting Inside Star Citizen. Um, they gave us uh, a look at the two different versions of the Tavaran fighter, the Talon. So the Talon uh, and the Shrike. Um, looking pretty cool so far. Uh, and certainly, if you don't see them in the PTU, that episode gave you a pretty good preview, uh, including you know the look of their new iridescent paint, which definitely kicks up the appearance of ships quite a bit. Um, And then we retreated to the last sprint report of the year. Um, Sadly, the last sprint report of the year. Uh, And on that, uh, they showed off, uh, first and foremost, uh, two new weapons coming to 312. Uh, We also got a look at concept work for a futuristic crossbow that they've been working on. It has like these smart arrows that expand when it's loaded. Looked pretty cool. Supposedly, it's a high stealth um, and kind of silent weapon. We got to see the work done on the Gladius in regards to um, giving the ship component access. Uh, We got another look at the Redeemer, but this time the interior and white box phase. Uh, We got a great look at uh, prototypes for the new sign distance field tech, um, which essentially is, uh, or I guess, new sign distance field shield tech. Um, And they did it on a giant uh, javelin. The effects look pretty cool. Um, We got a preview of buoyancy within bodies of water for larger things, including chunks of land and ice and other floating things. Uh, Look at touch bending with grass. Uh, And last but not least, a, a look at a white box of homesteads. And this time looking at the interior explorations for, you know, a potential community building. So, You know, that was a pretty jam-packed episode. What did you think, Tavo? Um, Did you see the episode? What did you think about the content?
1: I absolutely watched the episode and the content. uh, My favorite part of everything that was in there was the homesteads. Um, Me too. the the, The level of detail is off the charts on what they were going to do here. I would have been happy with something like we see in game now when we go land on the surface of one of the moons or something, but what they're going to give us is a you know, hundred times better.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Check off. Did you have an opportunity to check out the episode?
2: No, that one I actually have to say I didn't, but I did see the live one.
0: Oh, cool. Well, that's good. We'll, we'll talk about that one in a second. Um, I agree with you, Talvo. I think the, uh, homestead, um, Piece was really awesome i found it interesting that they mentioned it in context of uh, pyro being launched uh, because they made it seem like you know that was going to be potentially what we might see on the surface of either some of the moons or some of the planets which makes a lot of sense just given you know it's trying to look less corporate because they're not really um, in UEE space, it's a little more dangerous, so it sort of might be a little riskier living there. Um, yeah, that was really cool. And I really like the shield tech uh, that they showed off. I'm, I'm looking forward to that um, being in game. So, um, yeah. And then uh, as, as Chekhov sort of hinted at, we, we did have a, a pretty good uh, Star Citizen Live um i'm not going to go through all the details but it was a qa on 312 uh with Todd Pappy and Richard uh Tierer and you know coming in the patch <coughs> or i guess what they talked about they talked about rep 1 or rep uh, v1 uh for everyone including all the mission givers as well as some non physicalized mission givers uh and talking about sort of the implementation of reputation within those missions and, and sort of climbing the ranks within those independent uh, organizations. Uh, they did talk about cargo being able to be grappled by the tractor beam. If it's in space, um, they, they mentioned that the tractor beam won't be able to flip vehicles, at least not right now. And maybe they'll have other solution that's larger. Um, they they did mention that the volumetric cloud tech uh, that they've been implementing will implement, impact cross-section scans, uh, which is cool. So you could potentially, in the future, hide within um, space clouds. Uh, so that could be a way to dodge security if you're a pirate. Um, the Idris uh, is going to be spawned in for high-level security when there's a big, uh, when there's a lot of heat in an area, aka danger. Uh, and it'll use railgun, the railgun on its larger targets. Um, they did confirm that the Idris does not have an interior as of right now, and that's obviously so we don't sneak on board and get a look. Um, they did say that grenades will be returned, can be returned and caught uh, with the tractor beam. And uh, yeah, that's sort of the highlights that I sort of gravitated towards. Uh, Tavo, what did you think of this episode?
1: In that episode, I I gravitated toward the scanning mechanics that they were talking about for the Lagrange points and the way ships are going to be able to hide behind other asteroids and stuff. Mm -hmm. It's going to, when you're out there mining, and this is one of the things that I do, I take my shields and I put them all forward just in case I do something wrong. (laughs) and a a rock explodes, I don't want to die from it. But that also weakens the shields behind you. And if you're so intent on scanning the rock in front of you, it's gonna bring a whole new thing up to where I'm gonna to have to periodically check around and see you know, if somebody's trying to sneak up on me in a cutlass or something. So
0: Yeah, exactly. It's, it's really uh, adding
1: to the immersion.
0: For sure. Um, check off. You caught this episode as you mentioned. What what was it that most interested you? What were you excited by? What were you like, meh?
2: Well, with, uh, I mean, <clears throat> reputation is always uh, really fascinating where it's going to take us. That that was really cool. But, you know, there was a lot in the episode. But what really disappointed me is the ending where they sort of hinted that they uh, dispatched the 312 wipe. And then they said that was uh, maybe, probably not. But then he ended it with saying, but there's definitely a wipe in the beginning of the year. So that was a kind of a real disappointment for not only for me personally. I think uh, uh, a lot of players, especially this year, we had a lot of persistency patch to patch. And, uh, you know, they're going to lose a lot of stuff they earned and worked for. And I understand some people exploited, but yet other ones really put in the time and earned some things. So, but uh, again, their rationale is, you know the reason why we we'll let the persistency go, and they'll do it again. They 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 were monitoring to see what's actually can be earned, uh, exploited mm. or not in the game, and mm. uh, and they have to wipe because they're not sure what was exploited uh, or do Well, I,
0: I would say I would say that I wouldn't worry too too much as of yet because. They didn't quite, they don't, they sort of use wipe broadly. And so sometimes when they wipe, they're not actually wiping ships and money. They're wiping everything else that you've bought. So armor components, uh, things like that. And, and they've also used that language before, but we're actually addressing a wipe with people who were abusing the system. So, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't fret too much until, until you know more, um, especially because I don't know when they would logically do that, but you know, it certainly is a, a concern or a consideration, um, for sure. So, um, I, I liked, uh, just sort of, uh, what they talked about with regard, same thing, uh, as you talked the, ability to hide in the gas clouds with the lagrange points. Um, you know, I in general thought that it's interesting that they're there, they've implemented the reputation system so broadly. So it's not just like a few things. It's, it's a lot of different mission chains um, and with a handful of organizations. So I think that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, it was pretty exciting. Now as you've all probably gathered at this point, um, or, I guess, uh, sorry, I jumped ahead of myself. <laughs> uh, it just for everyone's reference, this week's video content is actually uh, going to be a year in review for ISC. Uh, so not exactly the most exciting content because they're usually just doing a, a talk about what's already happened. But maybe they'll address some of the things slipping. Um, who knows? Maybe they'll int- introduce the new roadmap. Hopefully. Hopefully. Um, I wouldn't get my hopes up, though. And then... Uh, more okay. exciting. And what was that?
2: You no, know, if they don't, what am I going to do then going forward?
0: I know. They just keep talking about, well, also the, the format, right? They keep saying they want to do it for the end of the year. It's here already. You know, next week is the last week before they go on vacation. And they take a couple weeks, so... I know. Um, you know, we get a hiatus of three weeks of content, and, you know, people are wondering. And it, it gets you a little frustrated because, like, they haven't commented on it in a while. The only comment that we keep hearing is it should be done this year. And, you know, this is the point now where if it's not going to be, it's time to start setting expectations early so that people don't get mad because you wait to the last minute to disappoint them.
2: Yeah. Um, we're, we're the last ones that come down and say, Gee, but really you know, all the backers that are here and being the game is an alpha, the least that they would owe the backers is to to have a roadmap, you know? Yeah.
0: yeah I mean, I'm not a hypercritical person of them in general, but that's something that gets on my nerves. Um, the other thing though, that I think is more exciting than, than that video content, because let's face it, it's talking about stuff we've already seen happen uh, is the, next episode of the, um, the reunion. So that, that, uh, video with the two women in the Mercury star runner, um, that should be coming in uh, on the 17th as well. So that's exciting. I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully it'll be really interesting, uh, you know, piece of content. Uh, yeah. So as I was about to talk about before, uh, slightly too early, In case you can't tell um 312 is in wide ptu so there's been a lot going on with regards to that and you know just a few of the updates just to belabor the point uh you know one there's gas clouds around the the lagrange points uh refinery decks were introduced as well as refinery gameplay tier one of the reputation system ordinance replenishment, uh, is now tied to the shopping system. So the prices vary for ordinance as well as, uh, so missiles, torpedoes, countermeasures. Um, but something new that happened, uh, you know, it, since we last recorded is they announced changes to insurance timers and their costs based on those changes to ordinance, because the ordinance, um, they don't want people using insurance or, or, I guess, destroying their ship to replenish their ordnance. So I wanted to start off talking about that issue because it was such a hot button for everybody, um, one way or the other. Uh, you know, Tavo, what are your thoughts on those changes? They're pretty drastic.
1: They are very drastic. Um, and reading the different... Um, reddits online and the forum posts on spectrum there are a lot of people up in arms just crazy mad over this but mm. it was it was hinted that it was coming and yeah i happen to be one of the people that this really doesn't affect because i'm not going through a ton of ordinance i like doing the cargo gameplay the logistics yeah. hauling and in the mining portions of it so in reality this affects me zero
0: well it doesn't affect you zero because the 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 insurance timers are a lot longer for well i don't know if you fly any larger ships because that's where it really it has the biggest impact um do you have any larger ships that you tend to fly around with
1: um i do have larger ships but i spend most of my time in the prospector so it's
0: that one's relatively quick i think
1: Yeah. yeah
0: So that won't really mess your core gameplay up. Um, yeah. What about you, Chekhov? How are yeah, you feeling so we, about it?
2: Yeah, it's funny because we had this discussion with Nick, as you know, he had a you know specifically the origin, and it was he was in PTU and it was extremely frustrating. Yeah, because of the fact that okay, so I think it's definitely the right direction with the fuel prices going up and the the claim prices. I get it, you know, in the real game you have to be more strategic. In other words leave your ships where you're gonna use them, right? Don't crash yeah. them, you know, land them, store them, and use maybe little ships to get around which you can claim for little money. But the problem is are the bugs, right? So if they cannot separate the two, meaning, okay, we get it, here's your fee to file, as long as it was sort of your fault that you crashed it or whatever they get. but. You know, if you're losing ships left and right to 30k's, and then you end up, you know, claiming them for you know enormous amount of money, like uh, you know eight ninety jump, yeah, that's that's a little disturbing. And and at the same time, the the whole fuel issue, not as much of an issue, but that's also kind of cramping up there. Uh, so yeah. yeah, it's a it's kind of a concern. It's it it's a it's a very frustrating gameplay as you said, people with larger ships, you know? Yeah.
0: I personally, it does impact me more than, than not just because of my choice to fly a larger ship most times, but um, I understand the change. I do agree for the most part that they, they might be a little preliminary now. I think the biggest issue is, and the reason why they're doing it is they want to see people actually replenish the ordinance because they need to test that. So they're, they're forcing that testing within the gameplay so that they can actually see the data around it. Um, So in that respect, it makes total sense. That being said, you know, the the idea that I had, and I heard a few other people um, echo as well is why not make the insurance claim just give you the base ship and you have to replenish the ordinance anyway? So you don't have to have the insurance claim timers be so long. You can actually penalize people twice with the insurance claim timer as well as having to refill their ordinance. Uh, I would prefer that because that mitigates against the 30K issue a lot more, especially for me because it, since I fly my Carrick most of the time, the only ordinance that I'm replenishing is the countermeasures. Um, So I guess that would be potentially a large scale change to the way that they do things. Um, So it might not be as possible. Yeah, We'll see what happens. I bet they sort of back down a little bit on the prices or the, the, the time limits more. So I don't necessarily mind the price as much as, you know, I have to wait 30 minutes for my ship when I'm expediting now, yeah. That's, so I
2: mean, in the, in the real world, yeah, that's that's a really uh, you know hindering your gameplay. I mean, we do have to yeah. deal with you know life and family just to get one chip out thirty minutes. Sometimes that's half of the time I'm allowing myself to get online. Yeah,
0: leave. it literally can change what you do for a night. So yeah,
2: completely. You know, you
0: might start with one idea and then all of a sudden. You know, oh, we've got to do yeah. something else now because.
2: Well, Tavo, I, I know we're going to be hanging out because that's one thing I had to. I forgot to say, which I really loved, is those refinery decks. My God, that's like, you know, you you feel like, if you if you're a mining enthusiast, it's like letting a kid into a candy shop. You know, they have anything and everything mining, you know, the gear, the lasers, the attachments, and, you know, the uniforms. Those really, really cool shops they made
0: there. I haven't been to it yet um, because I keep having issues that oh, we can talk about in a bit. You, um,
2: let me tell you, if you if you like what they did with the, with the other one, with the docks, I mean, you're going to love yeah. refinery decks. That was, to me, it's just, they're they're extremely cool. The way they, yeah they've
0: done I'm the, headed to one now actually um, yeah
2: and and that's what are you you're going to crew l2 that's what the the gas clouds are also
0: oh I thought is it just crew l2 because I'm pretty sure it's all the crews it's,
2: right yeah it's any R and r yeah I, and I actually I don't know are they all the same color
0: no every uh, gas cloud's different what know. I've seen
1: so far is that all the refineries are all at the l ones doesn't matter which crew you go to. But it's all the, the uh, ones, or all the refineries.
0: Oh. Oh, okay. Then I but, guess I'm headed to nothing.
1: <laughs> so what about gas clouds?
2: Where can you see a different color than green, then?
0: Wherever the r and all,
1: all the different. Well, yeah, I've seen gas clouds at all the range points, just different colors.
2: Oh,
1: very, they,
0: very They're based on the proximity to the sun. So the all closer right. they are to the sun, the... Um... Oh, okay. Yeah. The...
2: So, so let me, guy. I, I, did have one question actually for you, or you get your opinion. So, you, if you're bringing your uh, ores to get refined, right, the mineables, so you brought them mm-hmm. to refinery, right? Uh, you should be able to sell them because we're talking about hauling with Sigurd. You don't really have to haul anywhere because you should be able to go up to admin office uh, and, and and sell them right after you refine them, right? Or or not.
1: I haven't gone through the whole gameplay loop on that. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, and they might not also be purchasable. Like, they might not be buying them at the station you're refining them at.
2: Hmm.
0: You know, that gameplay still exists. So, but the whole idea is before we were doing raw minerals. So, at at this rate, we were getting whatever the rate was from the admin office of wherever... um, we would go, and it w- it was consistent across, you know, everything. But when you're cargo hauling, which is what the the refined materials end up becoming, then you are going to haul that to a location that's buying it.
2: Well, so yes, yeah, some, but I, I well, okay, I, I forgot. The, do r and buy cargo?
0: They, they do some types, but I don't think they do all. Okay. I mean, we'll have to test it out. That's something that I wanted to test uh, yeah. pretty extensively.
1: What I've seen so far is, no, I haven't been able to sell it where I'm doing the work at.
0: So there you go.
2: Oh, so you, you did try the whole refining loop already then.
1: Yes, It's it's. They're just not all it's not enabled to buy yet. It might be coming soon, but I haven't found it yet.
0: You might have to actually put it to store in one of your ships first and then and then um yeah. and then do it. I don't know.
2: I would think Hurston, you know, the business center should be buying
0: all of it. Yeah, probably. Probably that's what you'd still have to do. It's going to definitely change the loop. It it doesn't help that we can't transfer the funds to other people or the, you know, the actual items to other people yet. I think that's the biggest challenge.
1: Yeah, you can sell the minerals at the trade divisions like on Microtech, the TDD, they'll yeah. buy them.
0: So the location I went to doesn't really have a refinery or uh uh r so i have to mm-hmm. go to a different one
1: well, that's unfortunate
0: yeah it's all right
1: what i'm gonna like now is i'll be able to mine all the Laronite and everything else that i want to do to be able to sell so i don't i'm not waiting on you know other things somebody comes in with a with a caterpillar yeah. and buys all, all the materials out. exactly
0: know, I'm mine it my own exactly market. Exactly, and they'll hold they'll hold the resources. So if you have multiple Laranite orders, you can probably fill a larger ship. But isn't laronite relatively hard to find? Yeah, depends on how you
1: how you do it. I've found in my mining gameplay that everybody wants to find it really fast, and they go around and take a look at it, and they just don't take the time required to let it ramp up. It seems like Mm -hmm. the longer I take to scan and find specifically what I'm looking for, eventually I will find it. And then once I find it, it doesn't take me long to, to mine what I want to do. It's just, you don't start right out finding, you know, the jackpot. You got to kind of earn it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I just wonder then, does it, does it actually incentivize people to mine and sell? Or does it incentivize them to mine and sell the raw materials? Because, you know, it's a lot quicker to go cargo hauling for that sort of thing.
1: I don't know. Right now I've been doing uh, mining in the Lagrange points right near the refineries so I can have a quick turnaround time. Uh, And that's working fairly well. But when when they start to allow the prospector to start drop, uh, dropping the saddlebags. Mm. The original thing they were talking about was that, this, that uh, it holds 32 SCU at a time, but you were supposed to be able to get up to 128. Yeah. So yeah. That's a good if somebody in Reed were to stay back at the, at the refinery, let's say, with like an Argo or something, mm. and there was five or six of us running back and forth with prospectors, we could go land, dump the saddlebags, scoop back out, go pick up some more. And, you know, just do it really fast before you know it. You know, you'd have a thousand SCU of uh, ores that would really make up for some good refining on here. Mm. Uh, It's really interesting when you look at how fast it could ramp up.
0: Yeah. Well, the other thing, too, uh, is I'm sure long term instead of maybe even before they allow you to trade the the refined goods over to somebody, they might allow you to essentially create a service beacon for a mission or to transport it that maybe people in the org could take, and then they would be able to to receive those those particular items and then sell them. So it, it could create a way to move things around. You know, <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. Um, so what else about you know the ptu or 312 or you know are you really excited about um tavo you know we talked a little bit about the insurance times and we sort of talked more broadly ptu um it it sounds like you haven't really been in the ptu as much
1: not as much as i would like to have been it's been very sporadic i've been having issues everybody every now and then with the ptu seems to have issues i've been having quite a bit lately but
0: yeah the
1: Things I like, I like the new mining UI. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a couple of things they need to do in improving upon it. Uh, I've always had an issue with Star Citizen General on the contrasting colors. Yeah. Like putting light blue text on a white planet. You know, it's, and the, the UI for the mining needs to be a little bit more contrasting on that for the interface. But yeah, uh, I, like, I like the new uh, interface a lot. And the one I haven't tested yet after I'm more finished with the mining is I want to get into playing with the tractor beams.
0: Yeah, me too. I think I have one in my – I bought it the other day, so I might be able to play around with it. Let me just see if it's still in my inventory.
2: Well, where, where where do you buy the tractor beam?
0: I got you can it.
1: Get in a lot of places right now. I got it on Microtech right there at uh, Shubin. Yeah. You can go in and go into Shubin, buy your mining head um the charges i love, buy the helix and the optinium or optanium whichever we want to say it charges and then i bought uh all the heads right there at Shubin, at the outside kiosk
0: yeah i was able i still have it so i have one i'll maybe find a way to play around with it
2: yeah i wish that the tractor being with that would do something with that rock because that is a problem. But, again, I'll save that when we talk about for science because I did do some testing.
0: <laughs> That's great.
1: <laughs> there was a mission I hope they bring back um, where there was a was a crash ship on the ground. I can't remember what it was. I don't know if it was a caterpillar or a freelancer. But there was cargo all over the place laying around it, and you could pick it all up. And every now and then you'd get lucky on that freight that was laying over the place. Some of it was actually worth quite a bit. And the only reason why I only did it like three times total was because it takes forever to go crap all the packages. Yeah. But with the tractor being now, if you, you just, you know, park your, your Cutlass or your Nomad or whatever over there and just kind of whip the stuff right into the back of it, <laughs> it's uh, it should make that mission much more fun and profitable now.
0: Yeah. I would I would agree. Um, yeah, I'm really excited to see sort of its implementation. It it does feel funny because it seems so, um, so like prematurely released. This is weird. My ship isn't. Oh, here we go. Had to hail the station a second time. It wasn't getting a assignment. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, it should be pretty interesting. Um, so, Chekhov, why don't you tell us a little bit about any changes to the roadmap this past week?
2: Okay. Why don't we get into that? Give me a second. So I get out of the cruise control so I don't crash my ship.
0: Yeah, take your time.
2: Um, we, um, so looking at the... Uh, I'm just going to go kind of breeze through it, because I think for the most part, we just went to polishing on everything, considering we very close to going live with 312. So we, um, on the locations, we had three entries, and all three of them are in polishing, and that's the planetary system improvement. Uh, we have the spacecaping, we should, you know, the gas clouds. And we, we can already see that in PTU, obviously, with their refinery deck of polishing. And as I said before, I mean, they look great, you know. So, I, you know, if they get any better than they are already, I mean, it'll be, you know, I'm just really excited about that gameplay. Now, moving mm. forward to AI, there were four entries. Again, they all went to polishing, uh, which is also good news. It seems like they're all on track. Um AI intercepting torpedoes. And again, I'm kind of uh, going really quickly through these because we covered all of these last okay. week, so nothing really changes here. Just like I said, they all went to polishing. AI fire mode usage, AI accuracy, convergence, and capital ship combat behavior behavior improvement. Uh, same thing, on, and again, I'm not going to go into each and every one of these. But gameplay, there were 11 entries uh, and nothing changed since last week. They just all went to polishing. Um, So pretty much, uh, which is kind of nice to see, that we're on track. Uh, Same thing with uh, the vehicles and ships. Uh, The Talon is in polishing and the Asperia is also. So looks like... 3.12 live is all going to be on track from a development standpoint. Now, we can't always promise it'll be without any bugs, but at least from a development standpoint, they're all on time. Yeah. So that's the roadmap update for the week. I know it's a quick one, but there's not that many changes.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, the one thing I would say is I I hope, given that they pushed to PTU-wide release early, I hope that's a good sign for the fact that we are going to have a pretty stable build uh, once we get towards live and it won't be a scenario like last year where it got released and then no one at CIG was working. So they couldn't fix some critical nightmarish bugs because a lot of people like to spend their holiday break if they're not working playing the game. (laughs) So, you know, uh, don't, uh, you don't want them to make you play a different game like cyberpunk or something like that. Um, when you can actually play this game. Uh, so you know what time it is now, Chekhov by any chance? Oh, I think
2: it's time for science. I was waiting for this one.
0: I think you're right. I think it is time for science. Um, so for those of you who don't know for some crazy reason, uh, Science is a part of the episode where it's going to be things that we did in the name of science this week. Uh, so that's what we're going to talk about. So, uh, Tavo, kick it off for us. What have you been doing to test the game and or, you know, do something in the name of science?
1: I found out something that I've tested that works about 80% of the time for science this week that I think will make a lot of people happy. Um, I keep losing my mining heads. On, uh, and the persistence on them just doesn't seem to stick. But, uh, you know, you go to check in, if you change a suit or something, and they seem to disappear.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, if you go and go to buy another mining head, buy the cheapest mining head that you can, and that'll respawn that area in your Mobi glass for all your mining heads. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to go and buy a Helix to go get another Helix. Just buying a, a cheap one right there We'll wind up working for a workaround on that. So I started to try that out on other things, and it works most of the time on armor and other things too. Mm-hmm. So if you're missing your stuff and after a update, try doing that. And uh, that was my test for science. Mm-hmm. Cool.
2: That's actually a really good pointer there. I'll definitely try that.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, check off. You seem to have a lot to want to contribute. What, uh, well, actually, what's been going on for you?
2: Yeah, I, I spent quite a bit of time. Uh, there, there are two two items, and they're both related to rock mining. So one, I had this theory that uh, maybe, and well, rock mining and transporting in a nomad. So as you know, it keeps on flipping, and it got progressively worse. You know, you as you're taking it down the ramp, it It actually does a 360. Uh, So the theory was, is that, well, maybe it's because of the uneven surface on the planet. So, uh, so I went ahead and tried it out, take putting it in and out on on a regular pad uh, versus the planet surface. Well, I have Mm -hmm. to report that that's not the problem. It equally flips just as well on a planet as it does on the uneven uneven and uneven surfaces. And Uh it doesn't matter whether you put it in backwards or forward, it still does. And I also have to report that I tested out in PTU and guess what? It's even worse. Uh, Oh yeah. Yes. So far it's worse. I hope they're going to patch it because it's really a shame because I think those two vehicles kind of meant to work together, but so far it's just not working. Now, on the brighter note, the, the other thing I tested out is uh, what really bothered me that everybody was saying, you know, uh, don't mind dolovine, just uh, go ahead and just stick to uh, Hedonite. Well, uh, actually, it's completely wrong, and here's why. Because, yes, it's tricky to mind Dolevine, uh, but once you get used to it, just because of the fact that, and we always talk about it, how much can you earn per hour? Well, <laughs> mm-hmm. I did a test. I actually earned more mining dolavine than than Hedonite and because they're, they're, the dolovine is more abundant and the clusters are much bigger. So, you know, mm-hmm. even if you run into Hedonite, uh, they're, they're few and far apart and you're only finding one to three rocks where dolovine, you run into a cluster of seven, eight rocks. So if you could figure out, yes, they're more challenging to crack, But I I did a a dolovine cluster versus two Hedonite clusters, and I earned eight thousand more on dolovine than I did on hedonite, and it actually took less time to crack and pick up dolovine. So for those of you, so my the 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 bottom line is I would do both. That's really what it is. When you come out, just do them all.
0: Yeah, whatever you find. Yeah, I mean. I had thought that same thing only because it's like the time it takes now to actually find it is so challenging. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, uh, anything else check off? Cause you, you did no. sound like you were testing a lot. No, okay. I'm good.
2: That's all. So
0: it. I've been testing um, and, and I think you've been testing this too. Um, the bounty missions and the progression Um, and it's been good. Like, I I will say this, the progression has been working. I don't know what it's going to take to spawn an Idris. Um, I'm also not good at combat. So, you know, it's not my strong suit, but what I would say is, um, I did get stuck with a lot of bugs. (laughs) So, you know, one thing that kept happening to me is I was, um, I keep getting this bug where when I try to quantum somewhere, it actually leads me to um, fall out of my ship in the middle of the quantum. So that's really annoying because it it sort of doesn't let me, uh, you know, I keep trying to quantum somewhere. I I did this also the other day trying to get to these Lagrange points and I couldn't do it. So that's one thing that just gets extremely frustrating and leads me to want to wanna quit with the new ship timers being what they are, you know, and having to claim the ship in order to get back in, it, it becomes rough. Um The other thing I noticed is there's just so much jitteriness with the um AI that it was taking me a long time to kill my bounties. They just like – they wiggle a lot and they, they still do a lot of like jousting and, you know, I, these are entry level, you know, uh, missions and I'm having a hard time finishing them. It <laughs> takes me a while. I haven't lost to an NPC, but it's taking me a long time to actually complete them. So it, it becomes challenging and it makes me not want to play them. So that was my experience. Um, that being said, you know I think they'll start f- stop fixing some of the bugs start fixing some of the bugs. I haven't 30 K yet in in PTU so far today, so we'll see what happens so that brings us to the question and answer section of our episode. Um, And so all of our questions this week were actually via Discord. So that's where we got everything. Um, Our first question comes to us. Whoops, I lost my page with all the questions. Uh, Our first question comes to us from uh, Canuck2099, who was our guest last week. Uh, And he asked, I believe he asked this um, before this episode, um, how big should a ship have to be in star citizen before it warrants being named? Should we be naming auroras and 300s or does a ship need to be at least as big as a freelance or a cutlass black to before it gets named? Uh, what do you think Tavo?
1: I think every ship should have a name. It's just like regular boats. You know, everybody has their little little rowboat and gets their little uh, unique name to it. So, I don't see a reason why everybody shouldn't be able
0: to. Yeah. What about uh, you, Mister chekhov?
1: Um.
2: I don't think it costs any money. I mean, you know, certainly we're paying for Jacobs. Uh, I mean, JPEGs. <laughs> why not name the ships? Yeah, I agree with our I – Yeah, mean, if you want to name them, name them, why not?
0: Everybody yeah, is- I I am on the same page. Why not name all the ships? You know. Um, that way you could also distinguish um, who ship it is because you don't want it to just be the person's in-game name. You want it to have a ship name. And then depending on your scanner, you'll know whether and who's on the registry or whatever the case may be. Um, and then Canuck asked a separate question later in the week, but I just put it here as well. Um, and he asks or states... Uh, Handheld tractor beams are in and can be used to grapple and manipulate objects like boxes, guns, and even grenades. We know their use will be expanded as tech comes in, but do you ever see a time, or want to see a time, when they can be used on other players or NPCs? What do you think, Tavo?
1: No, I don't think the tractor beam tech's good for using it on people. Uh, Not the handheld one, I don't think that should be. Mm -hmm. But in the case of the Cutlass Black comes with a tractor beam, I think the Cutlass Red should have one. So when they show up with the Cutlass Red and somebody's hurt or unconscious or, you know, they need to grab the body so the pilot doesn't have to EVA out, he can Mm -hmm. use the tractor beam to grab the people and bring them into the Cutlass. So if it was, you know, like a, a... one that was specifically set up for that, that had to work only with the cutlass in that area, then yes. Otherwise, I think it would be a trolling tool.
0: Yeah, I think that makes sense. What do you think, Chekhov?
2: Yeah, I would say stay away from the people completely. I mean, you shouldn't track their beam, humans or NPCs for that matter. Even with the cutlass thread, I would say, yeah, you know, track beam some sort of a, you know, a gurney or or you know some some type of a harness. But not the person itself, I think that opens up uh, sort of a for some weird gameplay and abuse
0: mm, yeah, I mean, I'm surprised they introduced a hand tractor beam like this to be honest because it just seems a little like too powerful for something that's handheld, but um I agree with both of you like nah let's let's keep it to boxes and and things like that. Um, You can already tractor beam dead corpses, by the way. Um, So technically you can tractor beam people. They just aren't alive anymore. Um, So our next question comes to us from Raven0830. And he asks, uh, what are you most excited about uh, that's coming to Star Citizen My So I think that's you know, over the long haul of what we know is going to happen. Uh, Tava, what do you think?
1: One of the things I'm really interested in for the gameplay is um, the long haul, cargo haul, Mm -hmm. being able to make profits from picking up on one side of the verse and bringing it to the other. And also bringing things that are needed from one side of the verse to the other. Yeah. They talk about all this uh, rearm and replenish for people Well, if you're fighting over on the front lines in Vanduul space, somebody's got to bring the ammo there. So I don't see why, uh, you know, Chris Roberts helped make that other movie. uh, What was it? uh, Lord of War,
0: I think it was, or something like that. Yeah, I think so.
1: With the arms dealer? So, yeah. uh, Why can't I be that kind of arms dealer in my C2 and (laughs) bring stuff from Stanton out to the front lines and make a profit? Yeah. Sounds like a good idea to me. Yeah.
0: What um? What do you think, Chekhov? What's what's something that you're excited about? Coming um, the line? Probably
2: the dynamic economy because uh, mm-hmm. well, there's always persistence. I mean, that's you know, everything else kind of fails without it. But dynamic economy because we always talk about you can earn money by uh, you know using basically by giving your time or sort of risking your capital when cargo hauling. I think well dynamic economy potentially will bring into the game is also this sort of strategic thinking and skill different skill set you know to really figure out you know more you know ways of of earning uh with you know creating these you know sort of interesting uh, loops where you're not just saying okay I just got a quantum there or I got to crack this rock and it's sort mm-hmm. of a you know, basic play where there becomes a little bit more, you know, thought involved as to, well, what do I need to do? How can I be more effective? You know, what's needed, where, anticipating kind of reading the market and all that, that could potentially come with a dynamic economy.
0: Yeah. I am most excited about the dynamic economy too. And I think also because part of that is, when that functionality is in game, there's likely going to be a lot of other things in game too. And so that's going to tie into things like what we're, what we're going to be doing here with refining, right? You're going to need to refine something and then either create a mission or, or get away to move something to an area where it's highly desired. Um, and that could be, you know, almost anything, um, so that's very exciting to me. Oh, that's weird. I cannot change my mining laser. Oh, yes, I can. Never mind. Yeah. Um, How
2: about all this time? I'm looking for Cruel 3. It still can't find.
0: Cruel 3?
2: Yeah, I, I see a big gas cloud, but I can't see an R&R because of the clouds.
0: There might not be an R&R in there.
1: Actually, no. Um, they changed the when you warp into the Lagrange point. Look to your left. I know left, right in space. Look to your left, ninety degrees. It is no longer in the oh center God. when you warp. To the no point. wonder I keep on jumping and I'm totally off course. Then.
2: <laughs> yeah, they moved it around a little bit.
0: <laughs> and then you, you know, also—it should be easy to see with the lights.
2: Right, but this is another annoying part. You can't put a marker on it, right? All the R&Rs. Like, why is that? I always, like, you know.
0: I'm sure a lot of that will will be resolved at some point. Um, Now, uh, Raven has a second question for us, uh, and it's one that we've been asked before, but I think, Tavo, this is a new one for you. What's your ideal location for an org base or a personal base?
1: Oh, boy. Right. <laughs> we could really get off in the weeds on this one. Um, the idea, you know, you have your main hubs with Stanton and Terra and, and Seoul and stuff like that. But as we go out and explore, you're going to have to have bases set out there to continue to expand further and then take your ships and have them in those locations. And just like Chekhov was saying earlier, you might want to have a Carrick at this location. Mm-hmm. You know, check offices here at, at this planet, and then three jumps over, you know, I have mine. And then you use your little Pisces or your little 100 eyes to, to jump around and save the fuel and not get the money on there. But you're going to want to have your, your setups all around the yeah. verse. And uh, I was really excited when they came out with the, with the land cleans. Mm-hmm. But then I got just as equally unexcited when I found out, well, wait a minute, that only works on UEE planets or UEE systems. So it would work great on Stanton, but it wouldn't work in pyro.
0: Yeah. (laughs) But there uh, it's all holds, no holds barred. You could put it wherever you want. Right.
1: So you really got to take a look at how you'd want to set it up and, and look at uh, the way the game is now with like jump town and all of the non quantum beacons. Mm. I I love it. I, I love that idea that I can set up my base and not have a quantum beacon to it. Or if I wanted to, um, maybe, you know, they haven't talked about this, get a Covalex machine for mission running. It's something I pay for extra to have as a service. You pay for NPCs. Maybe I can pay to have a Kovalex machine in my facility so people can run cargo to it and then pick up the things that I'm trying to sell from my NPC kiosk or something. It,
0: it might also you be know? the way to keep resources stocked within your, um, you know, your homestead because you might actually need certain things like food. Um, you know, it's going to need resources to to stay up and running as well.
1: Absolutely. I've, I've envisioned some ideas that they haven't even begun to talk about in detail for uses with the Starfare. There's going to be planets that are just of water. Uh, you could take the Starfare, hover over to water, lower down your boom, and fill up all your tanks with water, and then take that to other places because we're going to need water. We're going to need air at all of these outposts. Uh, these, these are things that are just going to be required. So there's a lot of gameplay loops that they can use with the existing ships. They just
0: haven't got Yeah. Well, I'm having a fun time trying to get into my prospector. That's this is a blast. I just keep falling through it. I'm hoping this time it works. Nope, it just keeps launching me to the side. Um, well, that's weird. All right, I'll I'll not comment on that right now. Since I'm with the cruel four three. questions. Why with that Cruel three?
2: Well, so far the gas clouds look good if I could only find the R and R.
0: There might not be an R and R there, is there?
2: No, it has to be. Well I'll tell you in a minute. Why? Why well, I thought they're they all R and Rs.
0: No. Only certain ones. I couldn't find one at um I tried to go to Arc L three and I didn't find one. And then I went to her L1, and I did. Hmm. So, I don't know. Um, okay, next question. Uh, so, Techno has a list, as always. Um, first, he asks, was curious to know your thoughts on CIG's gas and cloud tech. How um, do we feel this will add to the depth of what um, is already in Star Citizen? What do you you think, Tava?
1: I love the idea of the gas clouds and the nebulas being put in. I can tell you that when I first watched Star Trek The Wrath of Khan, when they were fighting in the Mutara Nebula there, the whole aspect of the hide-and-seek and and the scanners not working well,
0: Mm mm-hmm,
1: for those people that like the PVP uh, and, and doing all of that in those areas, I think that's going to be, you know, like Christmas every day for them. Yeah. Um, for myself being a, a miner and a cargo hauler, I love looking at them, but I just automatically see them and go, danger, Will Robinson, danger, danger. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you make it really high, you know, reward for the risk, I'm going to stay away from them. So, yeah, that, I think there's a lot of good gameplay that can be around them.
0: Yeah. Well, and and the other thing is, you know, there's not necessarily, they're not all just plain clouds. Like you may encounter something where there's a, uh, you know, like the coil um, that's going to be in Squadron 42 where it might cause interference or even damage if it's corrosive. What about you, Chekhov? What do you think? How do you feel? It adds to the game? Or oh, well,
2: I think it adds a lot. But right now they're a little bit too D ish looking, you know, so almost like painted on. And I kind of heard those comments, and I did witness that. I mean, I'm sure they'll improve on that. They'll be a little bit more immersive. But they they're actually pretty practical too, because I remember coming out and do, looking with these R&Rs and being blinded by the sun, they actually conveniently block the sun too.
0: That so, is my favorite part right? of it, yeah. to be honest.
2: I, I thought I was the only one that noticed. But
0: yeah. No, I yeah. noticed right away. Yeah. I, I lucked out and found Boris right outside of the rest stop so I can test
2: oh, nice. some of
0: this stuff. Um, and I have to say I do like this new scanning UI a lot. Uh, his second question was, uh, and I, I feel the same way. I I think they look great. I think they add a lot to the game visually, um, and they just keep things looking different. Um, this would be a lot easier if I didn't have only a Hofstede mining laser because that's all they sell here. Um Next thing he asks, to <laughs> is uh, which aspects of Star Citizen are you looking forward to most with 312? So, uh, Tavo, well, I, what do you think?
1: Yeah. Um, the refining loop is something I'm really excited in how we can do that, because once they've got that that down and how they want to work on that, then they can start to work on the building system and what we can do with the minerals. Mm-hmm. So I think by getting the minerals in place, let's say Tavo is really industrial, and I save me up a lot of minerals on what I'm Mm -hmm. doing, it'll start allowing you to use your cargo ships uh, to haul things around Mm there. And with the release of, hopefully, um, Crusader here in the first quarter of next year, as we start to really flush out 312, um, and if they break crusader in on time that may really heart start with the c2 and the mercury here cargo running and doing a lot more with these minerals mm. because right now the minerals have been so scarce um now you're allowing the players to really get to where they can help push that part of the cargo with that um it's exciting i'm looking really forward to, to spending a lot of time as they as they really make this solid to go circling back to what we said, get rid of the 30 yeah. k and everything else will really start to, you'll, you'll get your testing data for sure if you can get more people staying on the servers and not getting frustrated.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Let's see. Um, what about you, Chekhov? Sorry, I was getting <laughs> I, uh, yeah,
2: no I know you, you're, you're trying to get some gameplay down. Yeah, so same here, refining for sure. This is, it's it's a huge, huge addition, especially for those of us that enjoy mining, uh, you know, to, to the whole mining loop play. And uh, to me, this is probably the big, single biggest addition of the year, so definitely refining.
0: Awesome um i'm excited for the things we haven't quite confirmed yet um sort of the the potentially the 400i i'm interested in seeing um obviously i'm excited about those as well right i'm pretty excited this is by far the most uh interesting patch we've had this year outside of i think once we had um uh you know microtech but I'm, I'm excited for the 400i showing up, potentially. I'm guessing they'll maybe show it Thursday. Uh, who knows? Um, as well as some of these potential missions that they have uh, coming up where we might actually get to see, you know, some larger fleet battles in the server. Um, so those are some of the things I'm most excited about. Um Next question uh, was also from Techno. Uh, what are your favorite ships and armor attire? So, Tavo, what, what's your favorite ship and what's your favorite armor look these days? Ooh,
1: now that's really tough. My favorite ship that I use on day-to-day is the Prospector. Mm-hmm. I, I love that for the mining aspect. But... For the starter ships and for running around doing all the other stuff around the verse, I absolutely love my 135C. I had a 300I, and I upgraded it for five bucks to a 135C, which you know it's not really an upgrade; you're going to downgrade. Mm-hmm. But the the 135 is so good at doing all the things that the 300 didn't, so I thought it was a great great trade off for what I was mm-hmm. doing and being able to run around the verse. Um, My brother, Time Lord, and I have been spending a lot of time looking at the quantum drives, and you can get some really good uh, competition class that will seriously extend your um, QT flight distance. So for trying to get from one part of the verse to the other, that 100 series of ships right now is looking really good. Mm -hmm. Um, On the larger ships that we can't fly yet, I, am of course, sound like every other fanboy of the Merchant Man. Okay. Um, yeah,
0: I mean it's gonna be great.
1: Haven't waiting on it. <laughs> you know, I bought the T-shirt for it. Uh, at, I'm now two sizes too big for it, so I got to buy another T-shirt. <laughs> that's how long it's been, you know. But uh, I'm really looking forward to the release of the C2. Um, I know a lot of people like the cat, but I like the idea of the C2 for the atmospheric flight
0: yeah.
1: and for being able to move a lot of things around. Um, I'm really stoked to get that. I know a lot of people were stoked to get the MSR, but I really want the C two. Yeah,
0: I mean with the with the MSR, it really established the style guide, but the C two looks really interesting, and I I have a feeling that'll be the ne- the first patch of next year. Is my guess with the amount of things we've been seeing about it, it looks pretty far yeah, along. Absolutely. Um,
1: what was your oh, and question?
0: and what's your favorite armor?
1: Ah, uh, the armors right now. Um I'm still playing around with. If you can not get the bug with I if I'm gonna say it right, the Nova Cove mm-hmm. armor or the undersuit, I guess that is. Um I like that armor. That actually works pretty well for you know messing around with the rock or when you're doing a lot of mining. I, I like hanging out on the colder planet, so that, that armor really works for me. Um it kind of it's what I would imagine a space suit would look like more than some of these combat ones that are set for Space Marine.
0: Mm. Yeah, what a so off. favorite ship, favorite armor.
2: Well,
1: favorite ship
2: is the same; has to be the Prospector, and uh, also the MSR. Uh, you know, even though I, I like the Nomad, but it, right now it's just kind of a disappointment, a little bit of because of the bugs, but uh, I definitely mm-hmm. not giving up on it. Uh, MSR, I think, is a great mid middle-of-the-road ship. There's a lot of game possibilities. And uh, on the armor side, it's uh, uh, all about, you know, I'm kind of practical. No, Novakov or Pembroke, just because you need them. You know, one is for hot, one is for cold. And I just like the other one is the the Voyager uh, for, the, for the red reed colors, of course.
0: Mm-hmm yeah that's that's one of my favorites um so that's that's what i tend to wear um although i started wearing the carrick helmet because you know that's my favorite ship if if no one knew that you know it's pretty clear by now um but uh yeah that i wear the word voyager and then i also have this cool like white armor with the the new carrick uh you know That's what I tend to wear on the day-to-day. Okay, and now last question from Techno is, what are your favorite uh, lore stories? One of his is of Case Aerospace portfolio. So Case Aerospace is one of the older manufacturers. They don't manufacture anymore because they were bought by Anvil, and Anvil um, mirrors its ships off of the style that Case had. So does anyone else, uh, you know, Tavo, do you have any uh, lore stories that you like?
1: Actually, one of my favorites to date, um, I consider myself, I I really love reading the lore. Mm. And that's what really started to get me into Star Citizen from day one. Uh, Chris Roberts had me hooked Mm. on it. Um, There's a great story about uh, Consolidated Outland and how they uh, got their planet and how they started to look at different metals to build their ships. And I, I believe, if I'm not confused or mistaken, and I know somebody will correct me if I'm wrong, Bremen, I think, is their um, home planet. And it's nowhere near the rest of us. It's depending on what kind of ship you take, eight, ten jumps from Stanton. You know, it's not on the beaten path. It's, it's yeah. well off in the other area. And... Um, the whole idea, the whole story of what's happened with Consolidated Outland is is very interesting and, and unique. That's on mm-hmm. that compared to all the rest of the stuff in the game. So if somebody's looking for something interesting to read about and they like the idea of the Pioneer uh, and and now the Nomad uh that's some good reading right there mm. lore on uh, consolidated yeah
0: that is a good one i agree with you check off if you had any chance to check out any of the lore up in game or out of game
2: yeah it's it's funny because now that you, you mentioned consolidated nomad yeah i've been trying to catch up to the lore uh videos and one of the videos they talked about and again i could be wrong because i've been watching a number of them and uh they talk about the Xi'an's and there's a plant uh, that, uh, well, because Xi'an's as a race likes to contemplate and sometimes they go down to this planet and it'll take them a, sort of a hundred years to, you know, meditate. Uh, if I, again, the, you, you guys may know this better than I, but also down on the planet there's a plant that blooms every hundred years. And apparently, mm-hmm. the, that plant also we got, we all got when we purchased Nomads, and it's sitting right there in the corner of your car. Yeah,
0: that is cool. Yeah, I didn't know that. Um, I like the, um, I like the story behind Levski. Actually, um, I think that's pretty cool. Uh, so, for those who don't know. Levski originally, you know, became a place, it started out as a mining colony and it was owned by a corporation. It was an unclaimed star system and the corporation, first of all, did some, not so cool things. Um, That's why there's that statue there. I think it's called, I think it's Danny Tanaka, Tony. I can't remember the name of the, the kid, but there's a statue of a kid in the location But um, what happened is it wasn't a viable mining colony because the asteroid field around it is so dense, the larger transport ships couldn't get through. So the the company that held the location abandoned it, and then a, a bunch of refugees started going there and decided to form their own government, which is why it's sort of right now. Um, not really UEE controlled. They're not necessarily anti UEE, but they're they're probably more like you know they're a little bit more like hippie ish, a little not anarchist, but probably more like a collectivist society, and and you know likes to avoid intrusions, but they also don't really mind if there's sort of a little bit of a criminal element there either. They don't they don't overly police on their planet. So I thought or they're planetoid, to be honest. <laughs> so that's uh, that's what I like the best. Um, next question comes to us from... I made the mistake of going off of the star map for no good reason. And now I'm trying to get out of it because it's full screen. Oh, there we go. Um, comes to us from, and it's the final question, from Admiral Cody. And he asks... Um, this may or may not be a question inspired by another recently released game, but besides the cyber eyes, which we see very clearly that Twitch Pacheco has, um, what kind of cybernetic implants, limbs, and other body parts do you see them implementing in game and what should be their advantages and disadvantages? So Tava, Um, Wow.
1: I have not heard of that at all. And um, I did not know that that was something that was going to be coming really into play on that. So I would have to learn a lot more before I could even form a proper opinion no. on it. Sorry. <laughs> I, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I totally understand. Um, Chekhov, thoughts?
2: Yeah, I. Uh, he Can you repeat that question? Because I'm not sure if I'm aware either.
0: Okay, so he was referencing Twitch Pacheco's cybernetic eye enhancements, which you can notice she has sort of a cyber eye, or at least unless it's contact lenses. Um, But then, you know, obviously inspired by a game that's been getting a lot of buzz lately, he wants to know what other cybernetic, you know, things do you see potentially happening in-game and what should be their drawback and or benefit to having them.
2: I don't know. Caught me off guard. It's the same as Tava. I have no idea.
1: <laughs> I, I could have one if there was something on there because I don't know how they're going to do anything with this. So this is 100% speculation. But if they were to have some kind of of implant or being able to control the drones for drone play, so the captain could wind up being able to have some kind of because we're going to have more ai allegedly in the verse so being able to have something to interface as a body modification to help you with that um i could i don't know maybe see something with that in that in that gameplay loop because drones are going to be used for (coughs) salvage and for medical and I don't know, I've never heard of them being used as attack drones, but, I mean, there's going to be a lot of different uses for yeah. drones in there, so maybe medical gameplay with them, I don't know.
0: Okay, uh, I, I guess that makes sense. Um, I, the, what I know of them so far, they haven't really talked about them in the sense of, like, something that you would choose to get um, as an enhancement, so much as it's something that after a certain amount of damage to a particular part of your, your character's body, um, you'll eventually sustain too much damage. So like your arm may be replaced by something cybernetic because it's, you know, uh, damaged beyond repair, but you're still alive. So rather than make you missing an arm, they'll make you actually have a cybernetic arm. So that's what I know of so far. And that's, that's probably the extent that I think they'll get into. Um, So uh, those are all the questions that we got this week. Uh, If you do want to submit a question for next week's episode, you can do so several ways. Uh, The first is by emailing us at readcastsc at gmail.com. That's simply the name of the show, sc at gmail.com. And if you don't feel like writing it down, it's in the show notes. Um, You could submit a message. uh, It's a voice message through Anchor. um, So that's on Anchor's landing page. You can find that as well in the show notes, um, or on the ReadCast Discord that we are running, um, which once again is in the show notes. So those are the three ways. You also, across any of those, can provide any things that you've been doing in the name of science, um, and we will talk about them during that segment. No one's done so thus far, um, but happy to um, talk about those as well because it's always interesting to us. And you know, we might want to test them out ourselves. Now, um, also, if you find yourself alone in the verse and need uh, a crew, you know, don't forget to check out Reed Organization. Um, You know, Tavo here is pretty new to the org, but I think has been pretty um, uh, highly engaged so far. So, you know, uh, definitely take a look at us. Once again, it stands for Research and Engineering Through Exploration and Discovery. Uh, We also have several content creators in our org. Earth and Netsmage are posting a lot of YouTube content uh, as well as um, Admiral Cody and Calibri have been writing a lot of music inspired by the game, including the intro to the show and the For Science section here. So take a look at their work. All those links are in the show notes. Uh, But that wraps it up for another episode of Readcast. Tafo, thank you so much for joining us again tonight. Uh, We really appreciate it.
2: Thank you very much. Thank you, Tava. This was fun as always. Thanks, everyone.
0: Thanks for listening, fellow citizens. We'll uh, we'll talk to you next week.